Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, back-to-back weeks with podcasts. We are back in business. We have the ball rolling. It's good to get into a flow. We have some important stuff to talk about today. Today, we are talking about the best girls teams outside of their respective top tens in each classification. But before we dive right into it, Ramin, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Kyle. Um, Week eight, back-to-back weeks, you're right. Getting into a flow, region plays heating up, and so are we. So without further ado, you can tell me how you feel just before you start talking to me about Class 7A, a big week across um, girls basketball last week. That is as um, three number one ranked teams lost and two new number ones emerged. Um, but Class 7A is one of those teams that has the number one affected, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the bottom of the poll there. South Forsyth debuts in the top 10 with 15 wins, the most out of any team, irrespective of um, position in the classification. Kyle, take it away. Yeah, South Forsyth, they, uh, they just cracked up in there, um, 15 and 2, I believe, like you mentioned. Uh, and they are a, a team that has beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. And, uh, no, they haven't played a, a, a tremendously weak schedule, but they're far from playing a very strong schedule. So the the jury is still out on South Forsyth, but at 15-2, and two, obviously, they deserve to be in the poll. But teams that are just knocking on the door of getting into the top 10 in Class 7A, uh, you know, there's one real surprise team that is starting to come on strong, uh, and that's East Coweta. They were 9-16 and 16 a year ago. They're already 9-2 and two right now. Just had back-to-back big wins. They, uh, you know, top 10 wins at that. Um, they won 55-54 at Hiram. Hiram ranked number 8 in Class 5A. And then they won 62-52 at Troop County. And Troop County, they, they fall this week, but they're number four in Class 4A. So those are two really big wins for East Coweta, a team that has been led by a 5'10 junior and uh, Latia Reeves, who I saw at the uh, CTC Showcase Camp last year. Um, and Aliyah Farrell, I believe, is over there as well. And that's another good guard with some length. So I was impressed with both of them when I saw them a year ago. Um, you know, I guess I can't be too surprised to find out they're having very good seasons. Uh, but to have East Coweta sitting at nine and two right now uh, in a region in Region Two, where obviously they got to still deal with uh, McEachern and Campbell. Uh, you know, McEachern ranked number two, Campbell ranked number three, so it's a it's a tough region. But East Coweta, at the very worst, uh, should comfortably slide into that three position if they can't knock off one of those two programs. Uh, but East Coweta, a team that's been playing very well, you know, just like on the boys' side, uh, Tiff County. It, well, more so than on the boys' side, I guess I could say. Tiff County is in the discussion. We'll talk about them today. 8-0, um, but really they have the same warts uh, on the resume that Tiff County boys have, you know, minus the losses. They haven't lost a game yet, but they've only played one 7A school. Now, they did win 48-43 against Colquitt, who I want to say is 8-5 and five, or somewhere around that. Um, 
but they did win by five points against them and region games are difficult so you, you take whatever win you can get um but tiff county definitely the front runner in region one um they'll have to play Lyons county coming up who's four and one so that could be somewhat of a test and then you know camden county's in there and they're you know, they're not too great this year uh, but tiff county they're the favorite to win that region and uh, a five nine junior um shakiria cheney averaging just under 18 points per game uh, she's been the one that's really made that team go and like i said undefeated tiff county i was looking at them pretty hard this week but again it's just one of those things you you know they they, they played one one team in class 7a they play a lot of small schools since they're in that rural area down in South Georgia. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to play top 10 opponents and uh, teams that are statewide threats all throughout the year. Uh, so that holds them back. So Tiff County, they, they got um, they got more work to do until they get into the top 10. Uh, but off to a really good start. Coach Connor always does a, uh, a fantastic job over there. Uh, really good coach. Gets the most out of her players. And then one more team I'll, I'll touch on. Actually, I got two more teams uh, to touch on, and that would be uh, Norcross. We'll start with Norcross on the girls' side. Uh, nine and five. They won five straight games. They just beat Archer the other night, forty-six to forty-three. A very nice win, led by two seniors, Mariah Baltiera and Devin Turner, uh, reliable uh, backcourt members. Uh, but freshman Janiah Akins has really given them a big lift, and, and she's put some points on the board. Has really uh, stood out as one of those you know top three scorers throughout the year. Can really come in in flashes and and some you know provide some points um, for Coach Clanton, and she's been good. Uh, so Norcross, they're 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 on the move. You know that that used to be a team that was in the top ten every single year. Last year it kind of fell off after graduation. Um, they still had a nice season, but I don't know if I ever had them in the top 10, maybe for a week or two, but weren't really a team that I had on my radar the entire season. And now right now it looks like they're starting to put the pieces together, uh, five straight wins. They're playing quite well. And I'll touch on this last team. They played a really difficult schedule. West Forsyth. We had them, I want to say like maybe number four to open up the season. Um, at least top five. I know that much, uh, a good team, uh, eight and six currently but all six of their losses have come against ranked teams for me they've been playing really good teams and um it's just one of those things where you hope you're better for it and they dealt with injuries early on in the season Callie thrower who averaged over 15 points per game last year as their leading scorer she was hurt in the off season so she missed some time early on she's just now getting back into the groove and she's a really important piece considering uh, she can score inside and out you know tough drives to the basket quality three-point shooter does a lot of the ball handling she's really good sister uh kaylee thrower uh a three-point shooter and, and when she's hot she can be a, a very key piece for them i uh, would like to see her be able to do a little bit more off the dribble but uh, a really good floor spacer and you need good floor spaces when you have Kayla Coward, who's been uh, just fantastic all season long, a 5'10 junior, um, slashes to the basket, one of the best slashers in the state of Georgia, just draws fouls left and right, such a tremendous motor. You can always count on her to flirt with triple doubles. You know, she's going to have over five rebounds. She's going to have close to five assists per game. She's going to have a handful of steals, and she's going to block a shot or two. Um, just a really good athlete. Uh, ambidextrous with those uh, you know the ability to, to use both hands 
around the basket. Uh, really skilled three point shot is a work in progress. Still fine tuning that if she can finally get that locked in and be able to hit, you know, two, you know, at least two threes a game and do so in a, a consistent and efficient fashion, uh, you know, shoot over 30% from three. Uh, that would be a big boost to her game. Cause I think she's going to be a player that should at least be on division one Raiders by the time she's a senior, but she's been so good. So you got Callie, Kaylee and Kayla, um, that's a great tr- uh, trio, and they got some other players that are starting to pick it up. Lindsey Perkle, I believe she's a you know a freshman, brings some size inside, a big body. She helps out, um, and a couple other pieces here and there. Molly Quincy. So there, there, there are uh, you know uh, that's a good unit right there. Coach May's got a lot of talent to to play with. They have some nice wins. I mean, I guess their best win outside of the the 55-34 win over Spalding, which I saw, but Spalding was without Narayah Slade and their best player. But they did beat South Forsyth 67-63, and that kind of goes back on mentioning about how South Forsyth, you know, that's a really good team, 15-2, but um, they haven't played North Forsyth yet in that region, and they're already down a game to West Forsyth. So West Forsyth, 8-6 right now, kind of just floating around 500 I think now that they're going to get into region play, I think they could really pick it up. I, I know they just won 48-43 over Forsyth Central, who's a team that's been decimated with illness and injury. Um, but I think West Forsyth, that's a team that you could really see start picking up some wins. Um, we're going to have to play better against North Forsyth. I know they lost their first outing against them. Uh, but West Forsyth still remains a very dangerous team in Class 7A. Down to Class 6A, there is also a lot going on across the classification. At the top here, you have Region 4. They're starting region play. Westlake takes on Lovejoy and Langston Hughes this week, so that's a big week. Um, Buford's back in action, picking up a couple wins. We had some games there in the middle of the um, six playing seven there, Sprayberry versus Kell. And then at the bottom half, Heritage Conyers drops out from week seven, and Sequoia comes in at number 10. Kyle, who is still knocking on the door? Yeah, I got uh, I got three teams here. Uh, Rome, I think Rome's a good team, uh, 12 and three. Uh, they got a win over Rockmart, 86 to 78. And they beat Banks County 63 to 47. So those are, you know, that's a that's a 3A school and a 2A school that they beat. Uh, outside of that, they haven't really played or beaten too many better schools in the bigger classifications. They have three losses, but they're three, you know, pretty good, respectable losses. They lost to Cherokee, who's in the top 10 in Class 7A, 62 to 47. They lost to Dutchtown, who might be resurfacing soon. Uh, 43 to 30, and they lost to Carrollton, who we have number two in Class Six, a 52 to 39. So this Rome team, they're they're good. I like how they share the ball. They can get really hot from deep. Tamika Nation is a, a very solid guard. Doesn't get sped up. Really controls the game. Got a good body. Can really uh you know get to the basket when she wants to and take some bumps and bruises. Uh, Trinacia Adams is a three point shooter. Very dangerous. She can get hot in a hurry. And then um, the freshman, Brianna Griffin, about five foot nine or so, five foot ten, great slasher. I think she's going to be the next big thing out of Rome. I was wildly impressed when I saw her, just a quick little shiftiness to get to the basket and finish with length. And she's got some upside defensively as well, being able to guard multiple positions. Um, very good player uh, over there for Coach Harris. So Rome is a team I'm looking at. 
Another team, River Ridge, 11-3, and got some nice wins, beat Sequoia 54-39, and just recently they won at Woodstock, who has just dropped off the face of the earth, uh, 52-39. to Now they got three losses, lost to Johns Creek, who has spent some time in the top 10, but has since fallen out. They lost to them 61-54, lost to North Paulding, who's currently ranked number 7 in 7A, 55-52, and then got blown out against Marietta uh, before the Christmas break. Um, they lost to them 80 to 50, who is ranked number six in seven A. So they played some good teams. Matea Gale, uh, she's the one that makes them go. One of the best athletes in the state of Georgia at about five foot six. You know her dad, um, big time football uh, coach and player, and you know trains everybody. So um, the Gales, they're a very athletic family, and uh, Matea, she really makes things happen with her offense, and you know she's still learning to play at different speeds a little bit here and there and protect the ball. But when she gets going, she's a blur in transition and she's a pretty good jump shooter as well. And, uh, you know, she really carries that team and they got some other really good pieces as well. Allie sweets come in as a freshman has been very impactful. And, um, you know, Sophia Reyes is a big body at about six foot one, a defender inside. Um, Leah Codanera, a veteran, as well in the backcourt so there's a lot of pieces for river ridge and that's you know that's a really good region uh in region it looks like region seven you got sequoia in there you got john's creek who we mentioned river 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 ridge who we're speaking on now and then cambridge who spent some time in the top 10 so you already have four teams that have spent time in the top 10 at one point or another in this season so that's going to be a really fun region uh tournament i guess they're having a region tournament no one school just told me they're not but either way um, that's that's going to be a, a very a hotly contested race to get that number one seed. And then the last team we'll touch on Brunswick from down south, twelve and one currently. Um, got a couple nice wins, thirty nine thirty six at Richmond Hill, who's ten and three. They beat Pierce County, who I want to say is in three A. Uh, they beat them twice, and then they beat a ten and three Coffee team, fifty three fifty one at Coffee. So a couple nice wins, of course. You know South Georgia. Um, bigger classifications girls basketball they don't really you know at least in the the recent history they haven't made too many deep runs i know brunswick used to really have it cranking uh maybe four or five years ago um but you just it's kind of been dominated by the Cobb and the fulton and the gwinnett county schools and at like 5a and up um, but brunswick is trying to change that um, only lost 57 52 to calvary christian a florida school and uh, brunswick they're going to win games inside with their post play they got a sophomore shanae jackson is really uh, made a huge leap this year, averaging 13 points, close to 11 rebounds, and over two blocks per game. And she's joined by uh, Caleb Brown, who's going to Radford at about six foot tall. And she's a, a tremendous athlete. She jumps off the film with her ability to score through contact, block a lot of shots, rebound. Uh, she's taking a little bit of a backseat as far as scoring goes. Um, nine and a half points per game, over seven rebounds, and uh, a shade under four blocks per game. So you got two big, you know, big girls inside that can score. I haven't seen Jackson on film, but I do know Brown is super athletic. So they're going to cause some mismatches down the stretch. Uh, and if they can get some very good solid guard play to go around them for the length of the season, I think Brunswick could be one of those sleeper teams that might be able to crack into the 6A top 10 at one point and could be a team that not many teams want to face come state tournament time. Down to Class 5A, we've similarly seen some movement here in the middle. And then in the bottom, Warner Robbins dropped out of the poll and is replaced by New Manchester. Kyle, who is still knocking at the door? 
Uh, we got three teams. Uh, Greenbrier um, might maybe maybe you know they've won seven straight games or nine and two lost 61 to 47 to grovetown to start the year and they got blown out by loganville who's ranked number five they lost 57 to 28 uh but we're not talking about these teams as necessarily jumping up and being state title contenders or top five i mean just because they lost to loganville like that doesn't mean they're not good enough to fill out the bottom of the pole at some point in this season but they don't have any signature wins right now that's a little bit of a concern, uh, and they're led by juniors and sophomores. So it might not be this year; it could be next year for Greenbrier. But they're putting together a really nice season. They're learning how to win games and carry that over in the next year, where they might be a little bit more equipped, maybe a little bit more ready to make a, a you know, I don't, I don't want to say a state title run, but a, a nice run into the state playoffs. They may be a year ahead of schedule right now. Um, another team, Tri-Cities, they spent a little bit of time in the top 10, but they lost 56-32 at Duluth. That was a really rough loss for them. Uh, and then they lost just the, uh, the other night, 78-23 to uh, 23 to Forest Park. So that tells me that gap is extremely wide. I know Forest Park's ranked number one, but um, that's a disappointing showing for Tri-Cities to not even come close. Like that's 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 a score – that Forest Park's beaten crummy teams by not teams that are currently eight and two. So that, that gives me some pause. Um, so that worries me as far as what Tri-Cities can do long-term. Um, but at eight and two, they do have Shania McGee, a senior averaging 21 points, 11 rebounds and four steals per game. Do have a little bit of talent there, but um, just last night's lost Forest Parks shows they're a, a, a far cry from being anywhere near a, a state title contender. Um, but still a team that might be able to squeeze into the bottom of the pole. And then lastly, Dutchtown, they've been up and down, but they're back on an upswing. It looks like they're 12 and five. They had the best schedule out of the three teams that I've talked about so far. Um, out of those five losses, one, two, three, four, four of them are two top 10 teams. So they, they've challenged themselves. This is a legitimate uh, a legit team that's played a, a legit schedule. They lost 41-25 to North Forsyth, who is currently ranked number uh, looks like number eight in 7A. Um, they lost to Spalding 59 to 49. Spalding, who's currently slotted at number nine in 4A, they lost 58-45 to Arabia Mountain, who's number six in 4A, who just beat number three Maris last night. So. They're going to be climbing up. And then they lost 49-31 to Rockdale, who's number eight in Class 6A. So those are all losses that you can't really fault them too much for. I mean, they have no bad losses other than a 40-37 to loss to Eagles Landing, who's only 5-8. and eight. But, you know, you wipe that out. They played a really tough schedule. So I think Dutchtown's a team that's going to get better and better as the year goes on. And the deeper, uh, the deeper they get into region play, I think that's going to really help them. And region uh and region four now that loss to uh, eagles landing is a region opponent so that that does hurt and they're gonna have to deal with the jones county team that might be able to get back on track um but it looks like dutchtown they probably the favorite right now to win that region and uh they've been led by the uh, wesleyan transfer east carolina signee page alliance she stepped right in has made this team a <laughs> you know a top 10 contender um, just under 17 points per game and over four steals per game um, really organizes the offense and of course the defense as well uh, the catalyst for that team 
for Coach Green, and um, she's really got Dutchtown playing good basketball. They are on the map, and that's a team, like I said, uh, they're going to start racking up the wins, I feel like, and uh, they could be a team that gets really hot at the right time going into the region tournament and state tournament. In Class 4A, there's a lot going on at the top. Jefferson was forced to overtime by Chesapeake before beating them 68-64, to but Troop County drops a couple spots after losing to East Coweed and is replaced by Luella at number two. However, we are worried about the teams who are looking to get into the top ten here, Kyle. Yeah, top ten. Uh, Cairo, 9-0. They have everyone back from a 15-9 team a year ago. And that's a team that I had on my radar dating back to preseason as a team I, I wanted to put in the top 10, but I also wanted to slow play it a little bit because, again, coming from a region that isn't super great, um, just looking at it, it looks like Region 1, Bainbridge is a, a, a nice, decent team. Uh, but other than that, you know, Thomas County Central, Westover, Monroe, Doherty, those aren't really teams that you're worried about come state tournament time. Um, so I just worry – are they going to see enough of a uh, you know enough talent to prepare them for the state tournament? They've got a, a week schedule. They have zero count them zero wins versus GHSA schools with the winning record. So that tells you something right there. I mean, they just haven't played anybody. Uh, I think they have a chance to be a good team, but they, they got to play someone with a pulse eventually. Um, but they do have a good senior, five foot seven, Ambria Vicks, averaging twenty one points, four rebounds. Three assists and four steals per game. She is really good, uh, and she's uh, the big time leader, the energizer bunny for that team. But again, uh, slow playing them because it, you know, when you don't play anyone good or with a winning record, it, it takes a lot to be able to crack into the top ten. Um, but I think they could get in there soon. Um, but it just it just stinks that they haven't been able to challenge themselves really this year. And then one more team, Pickens County, 11-2. and two. They've won 10 straight games. Brandon Thomas used to be at uh, Winder Barrow, a good coach. He knows how to win games. He's building this Pickens County program up. There are only two losses, 65-56 to 56 to Fannin County, who has been in and out of the poll in Class 2A, currently ranked number eight there. And they also lost 62-46 to 46 at Gilmer, who also has spent time in the uh, Class 3A poll, but has since dropped out. Um, so two losses to pretty good programs. Um, they got, I got a couple fairly nice wins, you know, good wins, not great wins, but as far as what they had to play in their area. And again, uh, you know, I hate seeing teams that are just kind of restricted to their area. Sometimes, sometimes you got to get on the bus. If you're serious about making a state title run or anything like that, sometimes you do got to get on the bus and travel an hour and a half away or go to showcase. And I'm not, I'm not picking on pickings or anything like that. That's just a blanket general statement for any of these teams that are kind of in weaker regions or on the outskirts of, of town and don't get to see a lot. Uh, sometimes you got to go across the state to play some, some different styles and different opponents. But with that being said, they do have a very nice 73 to 27 win over a 10 and four heritage team. So again, heritage, not, not the best, but they do have a good record. So that looks nice. They got two wins over Christian heritage. Who's uh, I want to say like seven and six in class a private Would they have some good guards, solid little team in a private. And then they won 51 40 over Tryon, who is 10 and three currently and ranked number eight in class a public. So 
a handful of good wins, solid wins. Not the not you know not going to set the world on fire wins, but wins against above average high school basketball teams. Um, four of them right there off the top of our head. Uh, so Pickens County, a team that gonna you know gonna be watching. Had my eye on them this past week, but again, it's one of those things. A slow playing it, just slow playing it. But uh, Pickens County, the Dragonettes, uh, they are playing very good basketball. Winners of ten straight, uh, and I think they have a chance to win a lot more as well. Just looking at looking at their region over there in Region Seven, you know, Northwest Whitfield is down. This looks like it might be their worst year in a long time. Cedar Town's a team with some scrappy, quick guards, but uh, I think Pickens has already defeated them. And then you know, not not a lot else jumping off the page that looks like they can challenge Pickens. So they're they're they're, they're the favorite to run the table. I don't think they're going to run the table because I think they'll get you know clipped eventually in that region play. But I think Pickens has a, a great chance to win the Region Seven title this year and set themselves up for at least a a, a nice home court advantage in the opening round of the state playoffs. Down to Class 3A. Um, again, we have at the top Lumpkin County. They've won nine straight. Coahuila Creek, they're having a really good year so far. Beach, top Johnson, Savannah. A lot going on in 3A, Kyle. But at the bottom here, number nine, West Westminster. They get back into action. Redan is the 10th. They're the sixth team out of that eight-team region. Region 5. What is going on in Region 5 in Class 3A as we look for other teams to uh, – maybe make the top 10 in the coming weeks here in 3A, Kyle. Yeah, there's a lot going on in Region 5, but I think six of the eight teams have already been been ranked at one point. It's kind of a feeling out process because it's a jumble of teams that have come from all over, you know, different classifications all converging now at one uh, really tough region. You're looking at teams like, uh, you know, GAC is real tough, sitting at number six. Westminster's back in at nine. Redan at 10, so... It's been a revolving door. Douglas just got smacked by Westminster. Not sure if they were at full strength or not, but they lost by over 20 points to them. So Douglas might be fading into the background. Cedar Grove took a loss to Sandy Creek. So those two teams might be knocking each other off back and forth. So not not able to get too much momentum right there. But that is a, a, a quite the challenging region competitive. I think a good team's going to get left out come state tournament time. But I, I want to talk about um, – the number one Lumpkin County team, um, before I go into the teams that are just out of the top ten. And you know what? I woke up yesterday with a with a bad feeling, with a real bad feeling. And I, I, I you know, I, I thought I think Lumpkin County is going to lose to White County just because, you know, this is the first time I'm going to say probably in school history. This is the first time this program's been ranked number one, and it's it's very different when you go from. Uh, being the chaser to the chasey uh everyone is gunning for you now you had that target on your back you're the number one seed so you know you, you got young girls playing out there you got a target on your back now you're the number one ranked team you're reading your clippings you're reading your headlines now there's a little bit more added pressure on them whether it's subliminal or something that they know about and they can talk about and feel that pressure and they're playing a, a tough White County team that's battled a lot of injuries throughout the year. Um, very, very challenging. They've been up and down, but that is a good team. Uh, Maddie Futch is a good player going to Emmanuel. You got uh, Dasha Cannon as well. 
uh, a really good guard that's going to play at the next level. I want to say at North Georgia off the top of my head. Um, so they have some really good pieces. And then, uh, you know, they, 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 they go over there. They, they play Lumpkin County, a really tough game. It's at Lumpkin County, too, so I'm sure the fans are going crazy uh, for the Indians having that number one s- spot on their back. But uh, it was White County that pulled it out. They rallied in overtime. They won 58-57, to 57, and uh, they, they take down Lumpkin. But I think Lumpkin, Lumpkin's definitely going to rebound, and I think that's a good, a good learning experience for them, just to have that number one seed, number one ranking on them. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's high expectations with that. And White County is a – they're a dangerous team. White County, uh, they're getting healthy, like I mentioned. Caitlin Gailey's a good young player as well. So they, they, got a, they got a lot to choose from over there. And they're playing better. So I don't think that's as, as horrible as a loss as it might look like record-wise because White County is a good team. But uh, I think Lumpkin County will learn from this experience and uh, they'll be better for it in the long run just to kind of refocus and lock in. But to focus on what this podcast is about is teams outside of the top ten. And we'll start with Gilmer at 9-2. and two. Mentioned them just a little bit ago. Uh, some good wins. They beat Fannin 70-45. They beat Pickens 62-46. And they beat, aforementioned, White County at White County 66-55. Now, White County, I don't know off the top of my head, when that game was, White might not have been at full strength. And I know a segue real quick. Uh, I mean, the amount of injuries on the girls' side of basketball this year has just been sickening. I mean, it's got to be at least 15 plus. And it's not just, you know, a role player here. These are like top players, like very important starters. I watched the game last night. They got a, a starter out and another starter, either a six man. Like some teams are just getting decimated by injuries. Now, I don't know if it's with the COVID stuff and not having, you know, workouts before the season, but it has just been, it's been terrible. And it's just going to be, it's such a war of attrition, not just with the quarantine here and there, but actual physical injuries, seeing girls having their seasons cut short or missing a lot of time. Um, it's been out of this world how many injuries there have been, and it's just really putting a damper on things because, you know, you never know. You're going to show up to a game, and it's going to be a top-10 matchup, and you might have two starters out, and you didn't know unless you were in the gym and were able to see it with your own two eyes. So when I do these rankings, I do it with as much information as possible, but, like, there there could be people in quarantine. There could be people hurt. It's just been uh, a pandemic in its own right across girls' basketball this year. It's just been it's been brutal. But again, to not get too sidetracked, sidetracked uh, back to Gilmer. Um, their only two losses they lost sixty-one to fifty-eight to Koala Creek. I was at that game. They were down fifteen points or so the entire time until they got red hot in the fourth quarter. And then following that, the next day they got blown out by Sonoraville, sixty-eight to forty-two. But Gilmer with Ellie Callahan. 6'1 junior. Um, she carries that team. She had over 30 points. She had like 30 points, so 31 points and 13 rebounds against Koala Creek. So she's the one that makes them go. Uh, and, and Beth Burnett, she can get hot. She hit four threes in that fourth quarter against uh, Koala Creek. Uh, she's a senior. She's a floor spacer, three-point shooter. Um, those are the two that's inside and that's outside right there. And they got some other tough guards that, you know, play good defense. Uh, so Gilmer, they're, they're still a, a, a tough team, but Ellie Callahan, like she is, she is it. 
they go as she goes inside. Um, you know, an agile post player that scores and has long arms can block some shots. Uh, she is everything for Gilmer. So if they go up against a team that doesn't have a good game plan and might not have a lot of size inside to slow her down, uh, Gilmer is going to feast and they're going to win a lot of games with her on the low block. Um, another team is Rockmart. We had Rockmart quite high to open up the season and they're in there with that, you know, region six with uh, Koala Creek, who's ranked number two right now. Ringgold, who's on the precipice, uh, just lost a game. But that's a team that's always really tough and peaks at the right time uh, with Stockburger. Um, they got Sonoraville, who's playing really well. Well, Ringgold, um, not Ringgold, but Rockmart. Rockmart, they started 0-3 to start the season. They lost at Sonoraville, 74-62 at Rome 86-79 and blown out by Koala Creek 76-47 but now Rockmart the ball is rolling they beat Ringgold 69-63 Lafayette 70-57 and just the other day 64-60 versus Sonoraville a huge win to really get them back into the picture at 9-4 and and Kiara Berry only had 25 points superstar averages over 30 points per game she's a one-man team but the team you know, this Rock Martin, they can go to another level if they can get support. And Megan Little, she chucks up a lot of shots. She's a three-point shooter. She has a green light. And she was hot versus Sonoraville. She hit six threes and had 26 points. And I don't know the last time um, Kiara Berry wasn't the leading scorer for her team. It might happen once or twice, maybe a year. But she had 26 points. Kiara Berry, 25 points. That's 51 out of their 64 points so you know if you get that Rockmart's a good team but more often than not it's usually Kiara Berry scoring 35 points and the rest of the team combining for about 35 or 30 points maybe probably a little less than 30 points um but that's it and that's you know they've had that's that's been their issue all year it's just one player doing all the scoring and everyone else you know you might get four points or six points here but it's, it's not enough it's not enough um, but Megan Little, she got hot, and if she can get hot at the right times, that can really uh, change uh, the tra- trajectory of this Rockmart team because I think it's going to be extremely hard to get back to the Final Four. Did it last year in two-way. Three-way is much tougher now, um, but you know to see Megan Little get hot like that, and if you're Sonoraville, you know, you got to live with it. You hold Kiara Berry to 25 points, you're going to win a vast majority of those games, I would have to imagine. Uh, or at least, uh, you know, more often than not, considering how you held her under 40 points. But, um, you know, when Megan Little gets hot, that changes things. And uh, Rockmart, they got to be feeling really good about themselves. They're playing good basketball, and they're trending in the right direction midway through the season. And the last team we'll touch on, Stevens County, 8-5. and five. They've suffered some losses. They lost to Raven County twice. Really good team. They lost to Buford. Um, but then they lost 56 to 52 to Franklin County. That one hurt. And then uh, just recently, after they beat Habersham earlier in the year, 42-32, they just lost to them the other night, 42-39. to Now, they've been without um, Renaja Verdell for a stretch of the season. Not sure if she's back yet or not. But, you know, 5'11 forward, averaging 15-10-2. and two. Uh, Really good player for them key player um they just got to kind of get back into their stride this is a team that is all seniors nana eads 13 points 
five rebounds over five assists per game. So you got the inside outside duo. Bree Taylor's always been a tough guard. Piedmont commit Kiki Howard, a great athlete, provides some defensive presence. Savannah Broska, Agnes Scott signee, uh, Lindsey Moore's a, a floor space. So all these seniors, it's all got to come together. They've hit a little bit of a rough patch right now. But this is where you got to deal with that adversity. You're all seniors. This is what you've been playing for your entire life. Um, there's no reason why this team does not get right back on the the winning track, uh, and and shouldn't be able to uh, that to win that region eight. They should definitely uh, be able to pull that region eight out. They should get a number one seed. This is a, like I said, this is a senior laden group. This is a good team. They have all the pieces. They played really good teams that have. You know, they've been lost to, I mean, Raven County's number two and two A, Buford's up to like number four, or so and six A, who is undefeated. So they have challenged themselves um, and, and they're going to be okay for it. They just got to make sure they're healthy at the right time. Down to class two A, a lot of moving pieces um, shuffling around in the middle of the classification. Dodge County had a bad week. Um, but who does that leave looking from the outside in, Kyle? In two way, I got just two teams here. East Lawrence, seven and two currently, and their only two losses they've split with those teams. So they beat Dublin, who is now ranked in Class A public, all the way at number six. They beat Dublin forty-two to forty, and they beat Woodville Tompkins, who um, we have currently at number five in Class Two A. But they're going to drop. They've they've lost a, a you know at least two games in a row now. Um, so they're slipping, but they beat Woodville Tompkins 40-38, to 38, and those are two teams that they lost to earlier in the season. So East Lawrence, a team that I used to like, uh, you know, last year I always thought they were good, but they never quite got over the hump because they're in that – they've been in that traditionally really tough region um, when you talk about playing, uh, you know, other teams. They played like Southwest and uh, Southwest Macon and a lot of teams like that. Washington County I feel like they've dealt with a lot. Uh, but they're in that region two now, so you're looking at Swainsboro, Vidalia, Woodville Tompkins. So beating beating Woodville Tompkins, that, that helps put East Lawrence back in the driver's seat or close to it. So I think that's a team that could be dangerous. They're led by a 5'5 senior, uh, Kristen Hubbard, averaging 15 points and five assists. And then a 5'9 senior, Akira Hamilton, 13 points over seven rebounds close to four steals and two blocks per game so they got two really good players that have led this team and like i said east lawrence over the years they've played some really really good tough teams and i think they're pretty battle tested um come this season for those two seniors and lastly lamar county they're nine and four two losses to ups and lee who's been a you know a tank in class 3a right now uh, they lost to Dodge County 53-51, which doesn't look as good as a loss now, considering how they just got beat by like close to 40 points by Washington County, who, of course, we have Waco. They're ranked pretty highly at number three. Uh, so that's not a, a great loss right now. Um, and then they also lost 54-51 to Spalding, who is a, a tough team. But they do have 5-4 junior to my blasting game over 19 points per game. A uh, 5'6 freshman, Shakiria Foster, 13 points per game. And then 5'11 junior, Zaria Fletcher, who's been a popular uh, recruit with uh, with colleges. 
Um, not much of a score, but 7.7 rebounds and a block per game and pretty athletic. Uh, that's a good core three right there uh, for Coach Ballard. So you're looking at a Lamar County team that has taken a couple lumps. And, you know, let's be honest, in years past, they've, they've played in some um, not great regions and they've racked up a lot of wins and then didn't really do too well come state tournament time. Um, but I think they're ready to kind of get over that. I think they're a good team this year. It's going to be tough to crack into the, the top 10. I think they have a good opportunity of getting there eventually. Um, but right now, uh, I think it's just all about uh, stringing together some wins and uh, getting themselves in the best position as possible to earn a high seed and do some damage come region tournament time. Um, they're sending that region with Dodge County, who they already lost to them once, so that kind of hurts. Uh, you're looking at Northeast Macon is in there, who's ranked number seven. So that's going to be really tough for them as well. Um, that's uh, you know, and, and Waco, who is going to be the the ultimate measuring stick, who we mentioned is is ranked number uh, number three right now. So they got some work to do. It's going to be tough to call out a, uh, a a top seed coming out of the region tournament, but at the very least, if they get into the state tournament, they will be battle tested this year more than ever in years past. Down to Class A private. Again, some interesting things going on with the stalwarts up there. Mount Perrin finally topped St. Francis. That's a number one over number three victory. Uh, Hebron Christian picked up an impressive win, giving uh, seven A's number one Collins Hill their first loss of the season. And there's not much going on at the bottom half of the poll written up about in week eight here, Kyle. And uh, where does that leave the people who are trying to climb up into the top ten? There's not a ton trying to claw up into the top ten. Like We might have one or two, but I think Calvary Day has proven that's a team that always wins 20-plus games, and they're, they're a solid team. They had that win over, I believe it was Beach earlier in the year, so that's a good win for them. I think Calvary Day is a uh, – they're a good team. Calvary Day, I don't see them dropping out anytime soon. Green Force not dropping out. Holy Innocent not dropping out. Wesley and Galloway, uh, none of those teams are dropping out. So you got one spot in Class A private. And the only team that might be able to get in there and could be a disruptor because they are going to see Calvary Day eventually is Savannah Country Day. Ten and one. They just beat eleven and two. Savannah Christian forty-one to twenty-nine. A nice win. Their only loss was the six A Richmond Hill at Richmond Hill, who was ten and three. They lost forty-five to thirty-six. So a pretty good, pretty good uh, competition they saw there. But 10-1, and one, uh, I think we'll really get to learn a lot more about Savannah Country Day once they, 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 they play a Calvary Day because uh, that, that, is, that is definitely your measuring stick in that Savannah region down there. So that will be an interesting game to, to see play out over there in uh, Region 3. Um, but they're led by a, a post player, Junior Abby Nicholson, 11 points per game, 8 rebounds and 2 blocks. And they got a little guard, a senior, and Olivia Carney. Uh, just under 10 points per game so a little inside outside duo Nicholson's gonna have to be really really big especially against Calvary Day who doesn't have tremendous size Um, but that's a game where she's really gonna have to be efficient around the rim if Savannah Country Day wants to upset Calvary Day who has really just owned um, private schools in the Savannah area for a long long time now under coach Jackie Hamilton 
And finally, in our eighth classification, Class A Public. Um, Class A Public is lagging behind the rest of the classifications in games played here. Your uh, top two seeds, one and two, Calhoun County and Greenville, respectively, have a combined seven games between them. Your bottom two ranked teams, Wilcox County and Pelham, nine and ten, have a combined four games um, played up to week eight. Kyle, is there anything you can sift out in A Public right now? Yeah, it's kind of kind of difficult, um, but I will tell you this, and this is going to be my team outside of the top ten. This is a team um, I'm going to have to try and fact check real quick uh, to see if they were in my top ten because I want to say they were to open up the season, but they haven't been for a very long time now. And that's because they've had a, a little bit of a change as far as uh, who is on the roster. Now, look at this. So I got it pulled up. They're currently ranked. Well, not currently ranked, but they're last ranked number nine in class two or number nine in week two in class A public. And this is a team that is they're two and six. Ramin, ask me, Ramin, I want you to ask me two and six. Kyle, why, why are you thinking about them being in the top ten? Ask me, Ramin. Why are you thinking about a 2-16 and 16 being in the top 10, Kyle? Things have definitely changed. They've won two straight games. This is Emanuel County Institute, ECI. At the beginning of the season, Kennesaw State commit. I guess she's a signee by now. 5'11 wing Princess Harden was not playing. Now, let me hearken back on what they've done in the past, and I'll tell you about what Princess Harden does as an individual player. This ECI team was 16 and 9 last year. This was a good team. This is a really, really good team. Uh, they beat Mitchell County in the playoffs and then they lost to Calhoun County, but this is a very solid team. And what do they have coming back that they did not have at the beginning of the season? I forget exactly why. I think it might have been COVID reasons or something. I, you know, it's it's a whole jumbled mess of why she wasn't playing, but Princess Harden has been added back to the roster, and I can tell by these last two wins, beating Claxton 54-35, Claxton 5-2. Claxton is 5-2 right now, and more importantly, Claxton was undefeated in Region 3, but now they're sitting at 5-1, a 5-1 team that was leading that region. They just got cracked by this 2-6 ECI team, 54-35, and then they also went on to beat Metter, 5531. That tells me right there those results. That means Princess Harden is back. And what did Princess Harden do a year ago? She was an all-state performer. 29 points per game, 11 rebounds, three assists, three steals. So they were playing those first whatever six games or so without Princess Harden. 30 points and 11 rebounds essentially. Yeah, she is an absolute game changer in class A public. She's back on the roster. She, I know she had to have played in those two wins over Claxton and Metter because they were getting blown out earlier in the season when she was not playing. Um, so they're going to quickly, quickly climb up the Region 3 rankings. Also, Naturi Smith, another senior that averaged over 13 points per game last year. Uh, she's on the roster, so I'm assuming she's playing as well. So you got Princess Harden back, a Division One signee, commit, whatever you want to call it. I guess she's a signee by now, like I said. They're going to move up the polls quickly. So Scriven County sitting there at 4-0 in region play. 
be scared. Claxon, who's now five and one and was five and you know they were five and one in region play, five and two overall, but they were five and zero oh in region play before they played ECI and got blown out by nineteen. Be scared. Jenkins County, five and one in region, but be scared. All these teams, they need to be afraid because if Prince and ha- Princess Harden stays on the court. She is coming. She is quickly going to lift this ECI team from a team that was in dead last at 0-5 in region play. Two quick wins in a row. They are going to take off, and they're going to take off quickly. So that is my team. Do not be surprised to see ECI, especially now that they're in region play. Don't be surprised to see them rack off about 10 straight wins, potentially run the table even the rest of the way, and find themselves in the top 10 at some point in class a public kyle thank you as always this will wrap up our girls edition of teams that are knocking on the top 10 today we're recording this on wednesday january the 13th so it has been a week since we last recorded and hopefully we have found our groove and we will be back with you next week as always we appreciate you listening if you want to contact us on twitter at kyle sandy 355 and at sandy spiel the full write-ups are available on the website sandyspiel.com and until next time on behalf of kyle this is ramin signing off